welcome to the Nutrition Burnout Podcast, your home for food and body obsession. I'm your host, Christy Brown, founder and creator of Intuitively Strong. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the podcast you never knew you needed. And I just want to, first of all, thank you. Oh my gosh, this podcast is thriving because of you. And I am just so honored that you're listening, hearing my ramblings, and I couldn't be more thankful for you just just listening and taking your time out of your very precious moments of the day to be here. So just from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, this episode is absolute fire because I have compiled the top questions my beginner clients are asking me on their journey. And I want you to have all of these answers. So what I do in my Courageous Nourisher Aligned Eating course is I take my clients through a 12-week program. And through this 12-week program, we just completely transform your relationship with food. So you are no longer scared to go out to eat or scouring the menu hours beforehand, trying to figure out if you can have bread or a glass of wine with dinner without it ruining your entire week. Um, now you learn how all foods can fit in amounts that feel good to you, like how to be healthy while eating all foods. Basically, I mean, it's how to eat 80-20. You've all heard that like, oh, you know, eating healthy is just eating 80-20, eating 80 percent of the time eating healthy foods and 20% of the time eating the foods that are, you know, quote unquote bad. But really it's, it's about mindset. You can't do this without mindset. So we work on learning how to honor your hunger and respect your fullness. It's basically how to get healthy without dieting. Um, so you never have to go on a diet again. You just know exactly what to eat, how much to eat, when to eat and how to eat. And it gets to the point to where you can, keep any food in the house without binging on it to where by loosening your grip of control around food, you actually gain more control to where you can walk away from a half eaten cookie, um, without even batting an eye. You're no longer thinking about food 24 seven. You're no longer bargaining with yourself with more exercise or less exercise. You just eat to the beat of your own drum. It's like you put your health on autopilot so you don't have to think about it. It just naturally is. So as I work through this course with my clients, I work very closely with them and I send them weekly check-ins and each week they send it back. And on the weeks that we don't meet up through a Zoom call, I send them a video reply back. So these are the most frequently asked questions and answers that I reply back to my clients with. And I want you to have all of these answers as well. All of these clients are so different, younger, older, different lifestyles, but I guarantee you they are going through the exact struggles you're dealing with right now. The fear of what happens if I gain weight? What happens if I can't do this? What happens if I just feel so out of control around food and I'm the only one this doesn't work for? Like, do you know how many times I hear, well, Christy, if I'm allowed to eat ice cream anytime, all the time, I'm just going to eat ice cream the whole time. Like, this is stupid. How is allowing me to eat all of these sugary foods actually going to kill my relationship with food? But there's a method to my madness. So it's worked for every single person that has gone through this program and completed it in full. So I have always wanted to give you guys the, you know, the behind the scenes of how this works. And I think this is the perfect, and these handpicked questions and answers I chose to give you are the questions that I get asked all the time. Like, 
okay, I'm doing this, but why isn't this happening yet? Or, you know, what do I do if I'm still interested in weight loss? Or how do I still lose weight and, and heal my relationship with food? Or I'm going back to school, or I have a really stressful time in my life. How do I stop the emotional eating? And just other questions like, oh, hey, I'm going out to eat today and this is normally a big trigger for me, eating around other people, whether I eat too much or eat too little. Everyone is so different. And there's a client even that asks about body image. Like, what do you do when you have an issue with your body image and you don't want to go out and you're just sitting in front of your mirror? Like, You're going to hear from one of my clients that has such bad body image that it controls how and what she eats to the point to where she just never feels in control around food. It's like she will would try and not eat or avoid her hunger, or she would try and eat very little or just whole foods in the beginning and just eat really healthy and really good and stay on track. But she could never figure out why she just couldn't stay on track or why she would binge eat at night or, you know, around her friends, if they had popcorn or something, why she would just keep overeating and then feel like just garbage the next day or that night. She was just sick of that binge and restrict cycle. Like I'm being so good and now I'm being so bad. And she understands that she's got to heal her relationship with food, but she doesn't know how. And I feel like this is where a lot of you are. So right now we are currently working on making sure that all foods can fit, meaning we are bringing these foods like sugar, carbs, sweets, ice cream, things that she's always been afraid of. We're bringing them down from their pedestals and we're putting them right next to the apples and the fruits and the carrots and and just normal foods. We're habituating them into her life while also breaking old diet rules that just don't serve us anymore. And then also you are going to hear towards the end more about her body image and where she's at right now. And I'm going to let you know that there is a lot in here. There is a lot because we're working on a lot and it's going to be a lot of information. So if you need to like replay this, do whatever you got to do, do it, take notes, whatever you have to do, voice record into your phone, pause, make a note, keep doing what you're doing. I want you to know this process that I do, it is not fast. It's not a quick, sexy, instant fix. This is a slow but sticky process, but this is what works. So let's dive in. Hi, I am so excited to get this check in to you because you are doing so well. And it's these really small, tiny little changes that you're noticing that are going to add up to giant, huge gemstones, which will eventually create your big transformation in the end. All right, let's dive into this check-in because you made some incredible progress this week. First question, how did you do adding in satisfaction or what you previously called bad foods this week? And how did you do adding in nourishment or what you previously called good foods, right? You said, I did good adding satisfaction. You actually had pizza this week, which has always been considered a bad food or a food you try and avoid. Pizza can be really, really scary. But when you had it, you also added salad and some meat to it. So that filled you up. You said, and I'm still making sure to make each meal balanced nourishment satisfaction wise. Uh, First of all, I want to let you know. When you had pizza, the whole goal of this, you did exactly what we've been working on, which is adding instead of subtracting, right? You're adding in more foods instead of taking them away. So instead of saying, okay, I can't have pizza, I can only have the salad. 
I'm not gonna lie. If I only had pizza store salad, I would be the most unhappy person in the world because the best part is the salad and the pizza together. And when some of the dressing gets on the pizza, that is like one of the best parts, right? So what you did was exactly what I wanted you to do. You don't avoid the pizza, right? You sample everything and restrict nothing. So you had a slice of pizza, maybe two, right? Which is totally fine. Gosh, I used to be able to eat four slices of pizza and now I'm at one, maybe one and a half some days. Two is just too much for me because I add in that extra texture. So what I mean by that, what you did is you added in the salad, but you didn't just add it in because it's healthy. No, you did it because you knew variety would satiate more than four pieces of pizza. You got to think of it this way, right? It's like watching an episode of Top Chef or Chopped when they're like, okay, it's missing the unami. It's missing uh, salt. It's missing something crunchy. It's missing something savory it's missing something fresh you know that's what you did you added in the opposite texture so pizza is by nature comforting and warm right uh, it's cheesy it's greasy it's all the things we love about pizza and you added the exact opposite thing to it you added in something crunchy something cold something refreshing which is the salad and not only that but you added meat to the salad so that added protein so by adding in variety right if you can say i have three different things on this plate three to five different varieties whether it's um temperature based whether it's uh, texture-based or whether it's flavor-based, right? You have something hot or cold. Do you, that's temperature. Do you have something that is texture-based, right? Do you have something that is crunchy or soft? Or do you have something that is flavor-based? Do you have something sweet? Do you have something savory? You know, acidity in the dressing, things like that. You just added variety to your plate. And variety is actually going to make you feel fuller. Variety is going to give you the feeling of satiety. So I can explain this the best by if you've ever eaten like spaghetti or lasagna, I'm not going to lie. It is hard for me, even at this stage, I, I'm at an advanced level, right? It is very hard for me to stop at a certain point because I feel like I could eat lasagna and, and pasta forever. It's a one note meal. But if I add in that side salad, if I add in something the completely opposite of it, cucumber slices, whatever it is, I kind of like, oh, wow, yeah, I could use something cold and crunchy right now between these couple bites. It gives me the variety. And the more variety you have, the more satiated you're going to feel. So that's why I want you to keep adding. What you did right there was freaking fabulous. I mean, close to perfect. Perfection doesn't exist, but if it did, it would be that. That is amazing. So you also said you're still making sure to make each meal like balanced, right? Exactly what we're talking about, adding variety. And you can do this in a couple different ways. You can do this by adding three to five different colors on your plate. You can go through, okay, do I have different textures? Do I have different temperatures? Do I have different flavors in there? That adds variety too. You could also say, okay, where's my protein? Where's my carbohydrate? Where's my fat? You could do it that way too. But again, adding in and making sure, do I have nourishment and satisfaction? Those are the two main things on your plates. Is it nourishing? Does it make my body feel good? Is it satisfying? Does it make my brain feel good? 
Does it serve my cravings? Does it make me think, okay, you could put a box of donuts in front of me after I eat this and I'm, I'm good. I don't need it because I satisfied my craving, right? That's what that means to satisfy a craving. And sometimes craving can mean cheese on your omelet. A craving can mean um, a, a cookie with, you know, your salad, not on your salad, but on, you know, on the side of it, right? It could be a fruit roll up with your, you know, eating a fruit roll up after you have a protein shake. It could be something like that, but balancing the nourishment and the satisfaction together. That is key. That is key. So you also said you had some avocado, which you always used to avoid because it was so high calorie. I, I love this. Like this is something that you are breaking those food rules because your body loves carbohydrates. Your body like thrives on energy, which is carbohydrates, and your brain thrives on fats. Your brain like just loves fats. I mean, it is like rolling around in them being like, "Oh my gosh, this is so good. I feel so energized." It's great. I love it. So, avocado is actually a really great brain food. The fats that are in it are actually really good because they're going to hold you over longer as opposed to you not having avocado. Um, let's say you're just having toast with maybe jelly on top. It's not going to hold you over as long as having toast with avocado on top. Not only that, there's a little bit of protein on avocado. Not only that, there's also incredible amounts of fiber in there, not to mention the vitamins that are in there as well. So avocado, instead of saying it's high calorie, say it's high energy. So even though the jelly may be lower in calorie, you're actually getting more staying power. You're going to feel fuller. You're going to get the protein, the fiber, and the vitamins from the avocado. Your language matters. So instead of saying something like, oh my gosh, avocados are so high in fat. I can't have a banana. It's too high in sugar, high in calories, high in carbohydrates. I can't do it. I used to be scared to eat bananas because the keto world told me it was bad, right? Like all those things that I'm like, why are we scared to eat a damn banana? So think about that. Hey, this avocado, I'm definitely going to put avocado on my toast this morning because I'm not going to be able to eat again for a while. And, and that's kind of how we decide how much we eat. When did I eat last? And what am I going to eat next? Because it is totally natural for our bodies biologically to be hungry every four to five hours for meals and every one to two hours for snacks. Now, this is just an average, but this is in general. And you can usually keep the average stomach full with two handfuls of nourishing foods, not one cup of coffee. That doesn't do a damn thing. Now, when I say that, this is a totally general statement. I mean, I just want you to know that a cup of yogurt in the morning isn't going to do anything for you, especially if you're a morning worker outer. This is why most people blame themselves for their willpower because they're like, oh my gosh, I ate that yogurt for breakfast, but I'm still hungry. And it's only been 20 minutes after I ate that for breakfast and I can't have lunch until noon. And that's three hours away. And oh my gosh, I have terrible willpower. And it's like, we're totally underfeeding ourselves at this point. If you work out in the mornings or if you're high energy in the mornings or have to run around and get the kids together, you're burning more energy. You're burning more calories. So you're going to need more food. That's often why people who work out in the morning get hungrier faster or they don't eat enough. They actually need to eat more and front load their days with more food because, uh, their body is just metabolizing the food a lot faster because they've worked out. So they've expended more energy. So again, by breaking these rules, you're understanding that, wow, by actually eating the avocado, it saved me from overeating later on because I'd have been like, what's wrong with me? This toast isn't holding me over. I just had toast. I don't understand all those carbohydrates. Carbohydrates give your body energy, but the fat gives you the staying power. And then the protein, that keeps your blood sugar steady 
all day long so that you don't have those spikes in blood sugar. So I want you to take that avocado as a huge step forward. Adding that small avocado on there, that is one of the biggest, best things you could have done. So celebrate that win. All right, so let's dive into the mindful eating lesson and go through your struggles and breakthroughs. And you said the thing that stuck with you the most about it was learning the cues for mindful eating so that you can apply it to everyday life. So some of the cues you had mentioned in your check-in here were amazing, like slowing down while you eat because it takes 20 minutes for your brain and stomach to connect and to say, hey, we're good. We don't need any more food or to say, hey, we need a different type of food. One of the ways, and I know we talked about this earlier in the other lesson, but is to work on your taste bud turndown. So the taste bud turndown is when you take that first bite of food and it just tastes so good. And probably by like the sixth-ish bite, you're probably like, okay, you're trying to find that first bite again, but you can't find it. That means your taste buds are turning down. So your taste buds are always on high alert when you first eat. But when you keep eating that same thing, it's like, okay, your taste buds get bored real fast. They're like a three-year-old. They're like, okay, we're done. On to the next. All right. They're either done eating or they need a different texture or they need a different flavor or a different temperature. So this is why variety satiates those taste buds. So this is the simplest way to think of mindfulness is basically just being present. Like you're not thinking about, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm eating all these calories. What am I going to do? I'm going to have to work out extra tomorrow because I'm eating a roll. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to go on an extra long walk because, oh my gosh, I, there's no way that I am ever going to be skinny if I keep eating like this and blah, 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 blah. And you're thinking about, okay, I got to go get this tomorrow. I got to do that. Oh, I got to make sure I put in that laundry tonight. Oh, make sure I get that from Amazon. Put this on the grocery list. Like your brain, did I buy grapes? Your brain is just ADD all day long, right? So when you eat instead, Pick up your fork, your utensil, whatever it is, eat whatever you're eating, take a bite, a small bite, right? You don't need a giant bite, the smaller bites, the longer it's gonna take. You set your fork down or your utensil and you chew slowly. If this is hard for you, try chewing 10 to 15 times, 20 even sometimes, like disintegrate that food. And while you're chewing, think about it. What am I eating? What does this taste like? Uh, is this crunchy? Is it soft? Like go through those textures, go through those temperatures. Would it be better if I added a little bit of this onto it from my plate? Maybe if I put this pork chop in with these mashed potatoes, maybe that'll be really good. Maybe if I added a green bean, you're, you're being mindful, you're present, you're understanding that, wow, I am here. I am enjoying this food. Um, I am keeping my body alive. I am nourishing my body. I need this to stay alive and I'm not going to demonize the very thing that keeps me alive anymore. So let's practice that this week. I want you to eat with your mindful eating template that's in your course. And I want you to focus on being present with your meals, slowing down, and also setting your fork down between bites. Because by doing this, what's going to happen by being mindful and being present with your meals, it's actually going to take you less food to feel more full and satisfied. All right, so let's talk about the guilt and shame you experienced around food this week. And you told me that you had two desserts one day that brought you a little bit of guilt. 
And you also followed this up with, but I think waiting or choosing when I really want that sweet might help rather than having a set time. So let me tell you why what you just did is the most incredible thing in the world, because the first and most difficult task of this entire journey is to first recognize what you're doing. And then the second part, which seems the hardest, but is actually the easiest is to set it into motion. Half the time we don't realize what we're doing wrong until we've already emotionally ate, overate, or ate too fast, or did something that we didn't want to do. So even if you did that, you still recognized it afterwards, which is only going to become more of a habit. And the more that you start recognizing it, the more you can start putting the action to change with it. Like I'm getting goosebumps right now reading this because you have actually started the process of recognition, which is extremely hard to do. So this is why I always say it's so hard to do this journey without a coach, because looking at it from your end, you see nothing but failures and you see nothing but this is going wrong. I'm not doing anything right. And I'm like, oh, I've worked with so many clients, hundreds of clients that I know for a fact, you are absolutely heading in the right direction. This is progress. And this is what I want you to get excited about that. You have more wins in this check-in right now than you think. Yes, there's things to work on, but there will always be things to work on. Even when you're in a advanced intuitive eater, you will always have things to work on. So right now, go through this journey, go through the hard parts with me, because this is what's going to help you fly. You start getting this and, and you start doing it over and over again. Repetition then becomes who you are. And all of a sudden, you now have the tools to do this with like the, the flip of a linguistic switch. In a second, you know exactly what to eat, how much to eat, when to eat, how to eat, because you've practiced it for so long. So yes, this is the hard part. This is where you're muddling and you're fumbling around, but now is the time when you start building up that repetition. Okay, so I'll get off my soapbox for you, but let's start getting into the mechanics of the guilt and shame around food and why only saying, okay, I can only allow myself these foods at night is actually what's called pseudo permission. So I am not a fan of cheat days, and this is kind of what we do in starting the intuitive eating process is that we don't have cheat days, but we say, well, I can only have one sweet or one treat, but it has to be at the end of the day, or it's going to be at the end of the day after dinner, all that good stuff. But the problem with that is there's some nights when I honestly don't really want the sweets or I want something a little bit different. Maybe fruit sounds good, but I feel like I have to have the sweet because it's the only time that I'm going to be able to get it. So I better eat it now. This is a form of what we call pseudo permission, where you're giving yourself permission, but you're not really giving yourself permission. You know what I mean? So this is where I want you to think about that, that sweet at night, you know, that, that treat that you have, whatever it might be. Uh, and I want you to bring it more towards the beginning of your day. I want you to understand that it's actually okay to have a little bit of that sweet earlier on in the day. Um, this is what's called binge relief. What this does is it sends you that life raft in a sea of binge eating uh, when the ship is too far away, right? Dinner is, is far away. Um, I'm only eating this food because I have to. I can't wait to get to my dessert tonight. That's how I always felt to where now, and I even do this with my kids, I eat the dessert first. And that actually satisfies my craving so I can move on with my day. 
and then I can move on with my meal. And now I'm like looking forward to a nourishing meal because I'm ready for my body to feel good. And remember, this can be this this treat this sweet thing that you're eating. It's it's a satisfaction food. It's a fun food. You're allowed to have this. You're actually encouraged to have it, especially at the beginning or like during lunchtime. A lot of times, most people hit that three o'clock point and they're like, "Okay, I need something sweet." That's usually the point where we're pretty burnt out from from dieting or from not even dieting, but from eating super healthy, right? Because when we wake up, our willpower is like our phones. They've been plugged in all night and they're ready to rock and roll. But don't forget that just like your phone loses charge throughout the day when you use it, so does your willpower. And we encounter decision fatigue. We make over 20,000 decisions a day. So by that point in time, we're pretty exhausted with making decisions and we're just ready to do whatever's easiest at that point. So instead of trying to avoid that craving, let's lean into it a little bit and give ourselves that binge relief because if we avoid it, it's only going to get worse throughout the day and as our decision fatigue grows even more and we need to recharge. I mean, to tell you the truth, I need something sweet. I usually have a bite of a cookie. I have this big cookie that I keep in the uh, the fridge and it lasts me like a week or two and I will take little bites here and there and it satisfies that craving. And this actually has a name. It's called taste hunger. This is one of your four types of hunger out of biological, practical, emotional, and taste. This is a very valid reason to eat, but this trips a lot of people up. And this is something we're going to go through a little bit more in depth, uh, actually in the next lesson. So this is that meal where you've probably eaten a salad or, you know, salmon and asparagus and rice. I always talk about this and I would keep eating and eating, but it's not satisfying that craving when really I just need a bite or two or half or sometimes a whole thing of whatever it is of that cookie of a donut of, you know, something sweet, maybe a small little spoonful of chocolate chips or I keep Hershey kisses in the house just because to have that that nice chocolate craving two of them are like perfect for me but this is the whole point of it you just need a taste which means you can have a bite you can have half you can have the whole thing whatever a taste means to you and this does take a while I mean at first I had to go a little bit overboard and at first I ate a little too much of it and I felt bad and then I ate too little and ended up overeating because I needed more and then now I'm at a great place where just that little bite of a cookie, it rounds it out. And I, I actually, I could eat more, but I know that eating more will make me feel bad. It won't make me feel good. It'll make my stomach hurt. If I eat too many sugary foods or too many sweet foods or candy or anything like that, foods that aren't very nutrient dense, I eat them. But if I eat too much, I get headaches. I don't feel very good. I feel really like instantly dehydrated. I just know my body and I know those feelings, those like what it brings me. So that's what I encourage you to do now is actually start to think, okay, how much of this feels good to me? I can have this. Now let's play around with this. It's an investigation, right? It's not, uh, did I do good or did I do bad? It's we're collecting data. And this data is going to present us with a solution soon and we're going to figure it out and it's going to take time. It's not going to be an instant. Okay. You are a two Hershey kiss type person. You are a one Hershey kiss type person. It's going to take time. Everybody's different. And this is where I wish I could wave that magic wand and say, I wish I could tell you exactly how much to eat of this every day in this situation, in that situation, in that situation, but I can't. Like this is where you are getting so close to where you're you're almost there. Like you really are. So keep going with it because you're going to flourish. You're going to do so well in this. We also talked about um, 
your relationship with your body. How was that this week? Um, you said it was good most days. You said there was one day where you had a bad body image day and almost everything you ate caused some guilt. Um, I love this next part, what you said. I don't think there was much to stop that. It's just how I was feeling that whole day. Right there, right there. This, I want to like embed this into your brain. That feeling is totally normal. And I'm gonna say something you probably don't wanna hear, but you need to hear this. That feeling is never going to go away. I mean, it will always be there because as women, we were taught to compare ourselves to other women. We were taught to always try and uh, go for our tiniest, smallest weight. And even when we were there, guarantee you, we look back at it now and say, I'd give anything to be there. But back then, I know I did. I was like, yeah, there's still some things I could work on. Like it will never be enough. It will never be enough. There's always going to be, our body image is always going to be that carrot on a stick that's attached to our head and we're going to constantly chase it. And once we realize that we're never going to be truly happy with our bodies, and and I'm saying this in the nicest way possible, I I don't mean this in, oh, you're never going to be happy, but we'll never be totally 100,010% satisfied with our bodies because there's always going to be that little bit. And what that is, is that's perfection. We know in our hearts, yes, Chrissy, oh my gosh, I'm not looking to be perfect. I just want to lose a couple of LBs, right? And that's fine. I, I completely find that a valid, valid thought, valid thought. But there, it, there are steps to this process. You heal your relationship with food first, and then you can pursue whatever you want. Um, honestly, but right now, weight loss is on the back burner. You know, I just had a client do this. She goes, Christy, I finally stopped thinking about weight loss. Like that wasn't my goal anymore. It was just to feel good. And she's fitting into dresses now that she hasn't fit into in 10 years. In her case, healing her relationship with food helped her lose weight. And then you have people like me who gained 40 pounds and are happier and healthier than ever. But if you would have told me before that I had to gain 40 pounds in order to heal my relationship with food, I would have said, F off. Like, I'm not doing this. There's no way I am doing that. And I never would have done it. I think the not knowing and going through it and being okay with what result we get to find our ideal body is the process. That's the goal is to find your ideal body, where it sits when you're taking care of it, when you're not restricting it, when you're living your life and doing things that you love, having experiences, going out, having drinks and good food, but also moving your body and eating your vegetables. Like that's the lifestyle we all want to live. That's the kind of nutrition and health we all want to have. But we let that stupid number on the scale get in the way. So what I'm going to tell you is that we are not focusing on weight loss. We're not focusing on weight gain. We're not focusing on anything else, but finding your ideal body where it sits when you're happy and healthy and taking care of it in a balanced way. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's kind of normal to think, okay, well, I think my ideal body is going to be here. And I'm going to tell you as well, it's also normal that, especially in my case and a couple of my clients' cases, to where my ideal body is actually sitting 10 pounds higher than I thought it'd be. If I would have known this walking into this, I probably wouldn't have done it. But the fact that I walked through it and I was like, okay, I'm actually, I love my body more now than I ever have in my life. I mean, I have days when I'm like, I, what did you do to your body, Christy? You're disgusting, blah, 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 blah. I still have those days. I do. I would be lying if I told you I didn't, but I do. And I'm going to tell you right now that when I have those days, 
a lot of times it's hormonal or I'm in comparison mode or I'm feeling like I'm lacking something. But I, I always go back to that main thing. Like, why do I feel like I need the perfect body? And this is where you've got to dig deep. This is an uncomfortable place. Most of us don't want to go into. We're like, I want to go dig down in there because it hurts. It's uncomfortable. It's not good. But this is where I want you to lean into that uncomfortableness. This is where I will say, okay, all right, bad day. Maybe I'm just not going to look in the mirror today. Kind of like if I'm not going to have anything nice to say, I'm not going to say anything at all type of thing. That's okay. We have those days. Think about it. You have a relationship with your body and that is a relationship that is like relationship with your sister or a relationship with your mom. You don't always like them, but you always love them, right? There are days when I do not like my kids. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to sell you on the black market. And then there's days when I'm like, you're the cutest thing. I want 10 more of you. And that's normal. That's life. And if that's okay with our kids and and the people we love, why is it not okay with our bodies? Like that's a relationship. A true relationship isn't always sunshine and rainbows, but we expect it. We expect to have that sunshine and rainbows all the time, but it's not real. We have to start managing our expectations about our bodies. Just like we manage our expectation with time. We're always trying to master our time, master our skills, master everything in life because we have to master it. We have to be, you know, better than most at it. You know, we have to be valuable. We have to be an asset. We have to not be the person that gave up on themselves or became unhealthy, right? So once we realize that we're never going to master time, we're never going to master our bodies, that we're going to do the best that we can with what we have. And we're no longer going to compare ourselves to the perfect body because that perfect body is not ours to keep. We can get there anytime we want with crazy diets and exercising three times a day, but we're not going to live our best lives by getting there. There is a cost to leanness. And a lot of times I had to really lean into the fact that I'm, I need to mourn the loss of my leaner self. This isn't my body to keep. Like if I have to fight this hard to keep it there, it's not mine to keep. And so this is where I really want you to lean in on those days to that feeling that you just don't want to be in your skin. You said you had a day where you don't want to be in your skin. You felt bloated. You felt nasty. And you said it did get better the next day. But dealing with weight gain, if you are dealing with weight gain, which I dealt with, A lot of people do. I have people that lose weight, gain weight, stay the same weight. I have people that gain weight and then lose weight. The thing is, it's normal. Like everything you've been taught your entire life has been telling you gaining fat is bad. Gaining fat is bad. But what if that's wrong? What if what we're doing right now by healing our relationship with food is actually the healthiest thing for us? I know that by me gaining weight, it's the healthiest thing I ever did because you before, me before, eating popcorn for a meal just so I didn't eat too many calories so I could lose weight, that's not healthy. Just because you look healthy doesn't mean you are healthy, right? Health is not a look. It's a state of mind. It's your state of self-care. So when we start leaning into that, and believe me, this is not going to just take this this talk and then you're going to be free of it and you're going to feel better about it. It's going to take a while. You're going to have experiences where it's going to challenge you and it's not going to feel good and it's going to feel really uncomfortable. So when this happens, I want you to get comfortable with getting uncomfortable. That means you're doing it right. 
walk into that room of judgment, of comparison, of unhappiness, of ugliness, of feeling fat, but don't unpack and live there. It's walking into those rooms and saying, okay, I'm going to feel the feel and then I'm going to get out of here because I don't want to become this person. So it's going through those emotions without it changing your values, meaning all right, I can feel this way, but it's not going to make me change my morals and values. Here's the part about food freedom that nobody understands until you actually attain it, is that you think you have a choice now, but you don't. When you're restricting, when you're telling yourself you can't eat carbs, you can't eat sugar, or you can only eat a, during a certain time of day, or you have to intermittent fast, or you have to do this or that, and you're restricting so much, what you're really doing is you're taking away your freedom. Right now, when you're healing your relationship with food, you're getting your freedom back, meaning you have the choice. Because listen, you can go back to dieting anytime you want. You can, nobody's gonna judge you. But more than likely, now that you've experienced, now that you've had that taste of food freedom, you're curious and you don't wanna let it go and you want more. You wanna know more about this. If you wanna go back to that life, you can go back to it anytime you want. I tell myself that all the time. If I, if I wanna go back to that uh, macro counting, uh, going down to 1500 calories a day, eating 300 grams of protein a day, all that I did, living in a bubble, no alcohol, working out two to three times a day. I can get down to that, but that's, I do not want to live that life at all. Like that is not the life I want to live. But now the difference is I have the choice to decide. It's not decided for me. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to lose weight. I don't have to gain weight. I have the choice. So let's relate this back to that perfection with our bodies. The more that you can lean into this, listen, it's not, it's never going to be perfect. I'm never going to get the body that I've always wanted because it doesn't match the lifestyle that I want to live. I want to live in a world where I can go out and have a couple drinks, where I can go to Taco Tuesday, where I can go out and play tennis and I don't feel bad because I didn't strength train that day. Or I want to go to yoga because I need to loosen up my body, not because it's going to help me lose weight. Like this is where that mindset shift is happening. And it happens in these tiny little moments that we think are nothing, but are everything. And that's what we have to capitalize on. These tiny little moments where we have to challenge ourselves and saying, listen, go back to that. Fine. Go, go back to eating, you know, popcorn for a meal or skipping breakfast or doing that. That's totally fine. You can do anything you want, but are you going to be happy? You came to me for a reason to get out of that world. And this is what we're doing. This is the, the hard shit it takes to move forward. This is that digging deep. This is where you can go hard, but go hard in compassion and go hard. And I am sticking with my morals and values. And I know this is going to be hard, but I'm going to sit in my room. I'm going to stare at the ceiling and I am going to allow this feeling to absolutely take over me. I'm not going to push it away because the more we push this away of, I need to look this way. I need to be this size. I need to do that. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, I don't look a certain way. Why can't I get down to that number? What's wrong with me? Where's my willpower? The more that we try to avoid that, that underlying issue, that underlying issue of, we don't have our self-worth intact. We don't have our, our full capacity of who we are and what we are without our bodies intact. The more that we try and avoid the real problem, which is that we don't feel like we are anybody unless we are skinny or small. That's what we need to work on. We need to start understanding that we are so much more than our body shape. Our body shape is the least important thing about us. 
That is so true. Our health is important. Our mental health is important. Our physical health is important. Okay. So I really want you to lean into this fact that it's okay that I'm having a bad day. Doesn't mean I've done anything wrong. It doesn't mean that I'm broken or that I am bad at this or I have no willpower. It means that I'm human. It means that I am having a bad day and it's okay. It's absolutely okay. The more we say it's not okay, the worse it's going to get. So I want you to lean into it, lean into that really uncomfortable feeling like the hardest thing to do. Oh, the hardest thing I've ever done is to lean into that. And I'll tell you how I did it. I did it with lotion. (laughs) The weirdest thing. I know it's the weirdest thing, but do you ever get out of a shower? I'm such a lotioner after a shower and I would put lotion on my body. I would always really quickly skip over like my thighs and my butt and now my stomach after I had kids. I've always had a tiny like waist that went in. I have big hips and a big butt. I'm not mad about it. I like it. But my my stomach has gotten bigger as well after having kids, which is it's life. It's it's just what it is. Um, And I could absolutely have a flat stomach again if I gave up alcohol, but I don't want to do that. (laughs) Uh, You know, if I gave up certain foods, but again, I want to live my life. I'm fine with with who I am because I'm happy and I'm healthy the way I am. But what I did was I did something really difficult. I would always, like I said, skip over those parts that I didn't want to touch. I was like, oh, that's gross. Cellulite, disgusting. Like these saddlebags on my thighs, are you kidding me? So what I did is I actually sat down in the mirror, which was so hard. And I put lotion on those parts. I took care of those parts. I touched those parts that I always thought were disgusting and gross. And I like gave them empathy. I gave them compassion. And I'm like, you're a part of me. Like, this is what it is. You're mine. And that's okay. That's okay that you're not perfect. It's okay that you're not flat. It's okay that you have dimples all over the place. Um, It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. And in that moment right there, that lotion moment, that lotion time, right? Um, It really helped me give myself that compassion that I needed because I had never done that before. I had never given myself my ugly parts that attention. I had never given the parts that I hated the most love and care. And it sounds woo-woo. I know it does. But this is what I'm talking about when I say lean into that discomfort. When you're feeling up to it, I want you to do it. I want you to try the lotion trick. And it's something that will make you feel a lot better, but it's going to make you feel worse before it gets better. It's something that's very hard to do, but once you do it and once you kind of play with it, like I would, like I had Play-Doh in my hands, right? Like my thighs were literally in my hand and I was squeezing it and making more cellulite and releasing it and making more cellulite and releasing it. And I put lotion on those parts that I never wanted to touch before. And it made me appreciate them more in a weird way, in a weird way. But again, that is a part of you. That is who you are. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're not perfect and that's okay. We don't want you to be perfect. We want, we want you to be you. We don't need perfect. Do you see Instagram nowadays? Nothing is perfect. Everybody loves the, the moms that are like have screaming kids in the background or the, the people that are at work and they're like, I got two hours of sleep last night because I stayed up watching Netflix and I know I shouldn't have, but now I'm so tired and I don't want to work. And you know, they've got a billion things they're doing and like, well, we didn't get anything done today. Uh, we relate to those people more. So why do we feel like we have to be perfect? Like you don't, you don't challenge that every time you 
have that feeling of something's not right. Like I hate myself. I hate my body. I hate how I look. What are you lacking? Because happiness is when you lack nothing. I mean, I lack nothing right now. I lack nothing. Yeah. There's things that could be better. There's things I could work on my golf game, my tennis game. I could be better organized throughout the day, but I lack nothing. I'm not looking at perfection. When I say that I'm saying I lack nothing because I truly lack nothing. Like there's nothing missing in this world that I don't have or want. Like I have everything. I don't need anything else to be happy. I'm good. I'm good right here. And that's the place I want you to get to is that happiness. You make it. It's not from a look. It's not from being a certain weight. Happiness comes from you inside. And that's the best part about it is that you can cultivate it. You can bring it up whenever you want. We just choose not to, or we think we can't because we aren't looking a certain way or we didn't eat the way we thought we should today. Right. The other thing I wanted to talk about, you said that there's a lot of stress. You're getting ready for college and emotional eating has started happening, right? Going back to school. Oh my gosh. I can relate to that. Um, for my kids, my kids are going back to school. So I know you said there's been a couple of points of eating for boredom or eating for stress. And I'm going to tell you if people like us who always feel like we're on the go and we have to go, 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 go eating out of boredom is a real thing. Because when we are constantly on the go, if we have one moment of downtime, it makes us feel like we're doing something wrong. So eating fills that void. If I'm eating, I'm doing something, right? If I'm eating, I'm doing something. So a lot of times that's it. And when we stress eat, stress and boredom eating falls under the umbrella of emotional eating. So by stress eating, we have an emotion that's being suppressed. We are eating because it is filling a void. It's either numbing or suppressing something or trying to fix something, that food. So what I like to do, and you have to do it in this order, in order to really work on the emotional eating factor, make sure you're eating enough throughout the day, enough food, because under eating causes overeating. And a lot of people think that they're emotionally eating or boredom eating when really they're just deprived and they need more food. So check that biological hunger. Are you biologically hungry? Uh, if not, is it taste hunger? Is it practical hunger where I need to eat now because I know I'm not going to eat again for a while? Or is it uh, emotional hunger? which likely it probably is if you're not biologically hungry. So at that point in time, you've got to make sure not only did you eat enough food, you have to satisfy the physical before the mental, but not only did you eat enough food, but did you eat enough satisfaction? We can be deprived in the amount of food and we can also be deprived in eating satisfaction, meaning did you only eat clean or nourishing foods at the beginning of your day? That will absolutely cause you to boomerang right back into binge eating or overeating. Um, the more you say, I can only eat whole foods, the more you're gonna want to eat processed foods. So when you have that good mix of nourishing and satisfying foods throughout your meals, then you won't have to worry about the under eating or overeating and satisfaction, whether it's physical or emotional. But the second thing you've got to start thinking about too, is right when you get that pull to eat something, right? When you're like, all right, I'm just find myself wandering in the kitchen. Ask yourself this one thing, what am I hoping this food is going to fix? A lot of times it's just, I need to just numb out. I need to go to a different place. And when we need that, there's tons of other things we can do that can fill that void that aren't food because food, what it does is not only does it give us that quick dopamine hit, 
And not only did our parents bless their hearts when they were younger, they were doing the best that they could back then with what they knew. But if you think about it, if you're good, I'll go get you an ice cream. Or if you clean your room, if you finish your dinner, then you can have a sucker. So when you're having a bad day or you feel like you're not doing enough or you've had a bad day at school, friends, work, whatever it is, of course, you're going to want to feel good. So what do you turn to? The one thing that you always got when you were a good girl, which is treats and candy and things like that. So yeah, that's a big pull. Shoot, if I'm feeling stressed, that's the first thing I'm going to go to because it makes me feel good. Why does it make you feel good? Because it's numbing me out. So at that point in time, I I like to think about what the stressor is. What am I feeling? Am I feeling like I'm disorganized? Am I feeling like I'm just not on the ball with anything? Am I feeling like um, I'm just failing all the time? I had that I had that feeling this morning, like really bad, really, really bad. Like something went wrong and my whole day was like, oh my gosh, Chris, you're a failure. You're a failure. That's what went through my head. I know, I know I'm not a failure. You know you're not a failure. You absolutely know you're not because you're here. And what I like to tell myself then is, okay, Christy, bring it. Like if you think you're a failure, go ahead. Tell me all the reasons why, go for it. Like just, just rain on me rain on me, tell me everything. Like I immerse myself in that feeling. I lean into it. And that's how you do it. You you sit in your shit. You sit in it and you say, okay, maybe I need to have some poopy pants right now. Maybe I need to sit here and, and be mad because a lot of times pushing those feelings away or wondering why they're here makes it 10 times worse. I noticed that with my depression and my anxiety. When I said, oh my gosh, why am I depressed? I have, there's nothing that I lack. Like I'm happy. If everything I ever wanted, ever needed in life, like I am so happy. There's no reason for this to be here. Well, the more you try and say, oh my gosh, something's wrong with me, something's wrong with me, the more you're going to create it and something will be wrong with you. Because a lot of times, especially like I said before, when we're all go, 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 when we've had problem after problem in our life and when we've always went to food or dieting to fix it, when we take that dieting away, I just took away your favorite toy. I took away your favorite toy to play with when you feel out of control. Usually it'd be like going on diets, looking up diets, researching diets. But now that we've taken that away, it's like, what do I do? So you turn to food, right? So now it's, it's the best thing you can do for yourself is to lean into that uncomfortable feeling. I feel sad because I feel so unheard and I feel um, lonely. Lean into it. Okay. Tell literally sit there without judge, try to do your best without judgment and sit there at the top of your lifeguard chair and just right and watch that big black donut below you. Watch everything run around on fire until it sizzles out because that's what it needs to do. It needs to get all of that emotion out. Your emotions are like tiny little people. They are uh, that movie inside out in your head. There's anger and disgust and joy running around and sadness running around your brain. And they need to get exhausted, right? It's like, it's like having a kid. They need to be completely exhausted before they go to bed. So if you go to bed with them still on high alert because they haven't been heard yet, then you're going to have a rough time sleeping because that's when all those little voices go. So allow it, allow it to happen. Say, okay, now's my time. Come on, come at me. Anger, anxiety, judgment, whatever you got, just come at me, come at me. We're good. So that's what I want you to do. I want you to lean into that really uncomfortable feeling of feeling unprepared, feeling scared, and know that that's okay. That every single person walking into that school as a freshman is feeling the exact same way you are. 
There is nobody there that knows what the hell they're doing. So here's your main takeaway from all this. Number one, make sure you've eaten enough food quantity and satisfaction wise, right? Is this real hunger or is it emotional hunger? Then you have to find the feeling that you're trying to suppress and then ask yourself, what am I hoping this food is going to fix? And that's the feeling that you want to lean into that feeling right there. Really try and lean into it without judgment. That'll be your best bet, honestly. And then from there, once you go through that feeling, now you know that you need to numb out or you need to feel loved or you need a freaking hug or you just need to cry it out. A lot of times, like we need something physical um, that will help us get it out, which is why crying or laughing are such big things to do. So watching a funny movie, watching a you know movie that's gonna make you cry or calling a friend and be like, you just cry right now can you just hear me cry because I just need to uh, like that perfect your final question that you asked is it unreasonable to still have some fat loss goals uh, once I'm fully healed so it is not unreasonable to still have fat loss goals in fact I have clients right now in my advanced group that have fat loss goals and a lot of them are doing different things um, because everybody's so different But once you heal your relationship with food, because right now we're putting weight loss on the back burner, you can absolutely go for for weight loss. There are ways to do it without counting and tracking. There are ways to do it without dieting and getting triggered again into that world. But it is something you have to be extremely careful with. I just had a client graduate actually right now, and she was kind of asking the same thing because she's completely healed her relationship with food. And now that she's at the top of this mountain, she can see the next mountain that she wants to conquer. She's like, I'm looking to add more nourishment without feeling deprived, but I don't want to go back to dieting. What do I do? And because this is just the natural process, I'm like, oh yeah, I got you. I have a roadmap for that. So it's my Beyond Intuitive Elevated Habits program, where we actually focus on eating more whole foods in a very different way. We actually focus on micronutrients and vitamins that are going to help you reduce inflammation, give you more energy, um, help you sleep better at night, and help your digestive system. And we introduce it in new ways without any deprivation or taking anything away from you. Instead of subtracting, we just add these foods in. And when you add something in, something else naturally has to fall off your plate. So this works in so many different levels. So now you're not just like, oh, I got to eat more whole foods. Like, let me just add in broccoli and, you know, carrots and things like that. And then you get sick of it after a week, right? That's what I always did, eating whole foods. But now you follow this really simple and structured roadmap that allows you to dive into a new micronutrient every two weeks and then practice it until you move on to the next. Like for instance, you start off with going through the veggie crawl, which is like a bar crawl, but with vegetables, you're going to try a new vegetable every week. You're going to cook it a couple different ways, see how you like it. And again, you don't take anything away. You don't take anything away. If you have pizza Friday night, cool. I'm just going to have you add in a customized micronutrient that will help your body feel better after. Again, once we start adding those foods in, it'll just be like, when I eat this food, I know fiber helps me digest it better. And we go through eight specific micronutrients, vitamins and minerals like omega-3s, magnesium, different ones that you probably don't really think about. But this in turn helps you add more vegetables and and whole foods to your plates. And honestly, this is the whole point of dieting, right? At the end of every diet, what do they tell you to do? 
eat intuitively, but eat with more vegetables on your plate and eat with more whole foods. And this is exactly what we do, but in a way that doesn't suck. In fact, one of my clients that just took this program said to me, I've never eaten more vegetables in my entire life. She goes in and I've never been forced. She goes, I haven't taken anything away. She's like, I have just never felt better. And I've never had more energy and eaten so many vegetables without feeling forced. And because we're just so focused on how these micronutrients, vitamins, and minerals are making you feel, all of a sudden you start noticing these patterns and habits that we just start stacking on top of each other. And suddenly you're like, whoa, 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 where's my magnesium in this meal? You know, where's my fiber in this meal? Where's a vegetable? And you're looking to add these things on just at the drop of a hat. I mean, it's just automatic. And eventually you just suddenly become this person that you've always wanted to be. That's just so nourished. You feel good. Yeah. You still have pizza and margaritas and the things that you love, but you also know how to balance that out without forcing yourself or under eating or depriving yourself. You're just balanced. But again, this takes time to get here and you must heal your relationship with food first. I do have clients too that actually go back to things like macro counting, but they're like, Christy, I don't want to do it with anybody but you. And we go through it in a certain way where I take you into it and then take you out of it. So you're not stuck in it the rest of your life. But this is not for everyone. I mean, this is just going to show you that everyone is so different in their journey. I still get triggered by macro counting. Like there's no way I could do it, but just because I can't doesn't mean nobody can. You know what I mean? Everybody's so different. It depends on where you are, depends on who you are, depends on where you are in your journey. Uh, I would say definitely right now, keep working on healing your relationship with food, focusing on weight loss after this. I mean, you're more than welcome to. Absolutely. 1,010 billion percent. You have total autonomy to do whatever you want to do. It's your body. You've got to do what you think is best for it. And I think that once you finish up with this course, you're really going to understand and have a lot better view of where you want to go next. Because once you do that, you're going to have so much more self-awareness. Um, you're going to know exactly where you are and exactly where you want to go next, which is the beauty of this 12 week course. So keep doing exactly what you're doing. Um, those small wins, I want you to celebrate every single one of them because those small wins are small steps forward that are going to get you to that finish line. So I could not be more proud of you, who you're becoming. And I just wish more people were like you. You are somebody who is just going to thrive at such a young age. I wish I would have done this at a younger age. So um, keep being inspiring and motivational. You are just amazing in every, every, every way. All right, my friends, these have been clips of client recordings. I compiled a bunch of them together for you so you could start to understand basically the beginning parts of this journey, kind of figure out those struggles that come through and you're like, what do I do with myself? So how do I get over this? Especially when you're doing this on your own, because this is just so freaking hard to do on your own. It really is. So I want to let you know that if you're even here, if you're even trying any of this, you're incredible. This is the hardest thing I've ever done. Put me on a diet any day. Balance was the hardest thing I've ever done. So if you do need your handheld during this, this time, I want you to book a discovery call with me, which are in the show notes below, along with a ton of other free resources, my free plate building system. And I want to let you know to keep an eye out because I am creating a DIY system for you that is going to take you through these beginning steps. It's going to be your intuitive eating starter kit. And I want you to know that you are not alone. Okay, my friends, this has been a long ass episode. So thank you for staying with me. And I appreciate you more than you will ever, ever know. And that's all I have for you today, my friends. So until next time, intuitively strong out.